it made me a better listener. And through this experience, one of the things that I learned is the importance of listening and really considering information that's shared, even uh information that might not seem as vital or as critical to the project in some ways could have some very um, important value. And I think what it taught me was to listen to individuals that often have a contrarian perspective. Are you leading change in your organization? Maybe you are wondering what it's really like to lead during a transformation. Welcome to When Women Lead Change with Danielle Hawk. Get insights from senior and executive level women across various industries and sectors as we spotlight their journey in leading significant change in their respective organizations. You will also hear from subject matter experts in the areas of strategic change, project management and human resources on what it takes to thrive in this role. Because leading during steady state is not the same as leading during change. And now, here's your host, Danielle Hawk. In this week's episode, we are going to hear Dia Martin talk about what it means to lead an effort that is breaking new ground in an organization. Dia is a senior development finance professional. She works in the impact investment space, where she looks for opportunities to invest in developing countries that will have a financial and social return. Now, this is very much another aspect of leading change, but it's different because there isn't necessarily an existing model or structure that is being replaced. However, it does require you as a leader to draw on some similar skills. In her story, Dia will share some thoughts about ways to keep team members engaged who are not full-time on the effort. You'll also hear her talk a little bit about knowing when to pull people in for decisions and when to just move forward. And she will get into the importance of listening. I'm so excited to have Dia on the podcast this week. She comes from a wealth of experience. She started her career with J.P. Morgan and has worked in a variety of financial institutions. She has extensive experience in international travel, including working in Germany. Dia holds an MBA from the Wharton School and has a master's degree in international relations from John Hopkins. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Dia. Thank you, Danielle. Good morning. Good morning. So Dia, I just shared with the listeners a bit of a bio on you in the intro. Is there anything else you want to share in terms of what you do in the world of development finance? I would say that I think you've covered everything, Danielle. What I specialize in is innovation in the world of development finance. So one of the things that uh, I really enjoy doing in my career are is creating products and working on new funding and finance. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. We're just going to dive in right now and tell us, Dia, about a particular effort that you have led where you were the driving force. And this, we know, um, is a conversation about starting something new not necessarily disrupting a total a structure or organization, but in essence, it is a change. Tell us a little bit about in terms of how many people it may have impacted, what was at stake, how was it intended to shift and change things? Sure. So fundamentally, my work is about change. I work in the area of impact investing, 
And as a development finance professional, I'm focused mainly on countries and activities outside of the U.S. So outside of the culture that I've grown up in and am fluid in uh, operating in. So most of my work is focused on Sub-Saharan Africa, Asia, and Latin America. One of the situations that I'd like to highlight today where I uh, work quite closely in creating a new structure and innovation is in the creation of a fund that was focused on microfinance in Sub-Saharan Africa. So I was part of a team. I was actually the project manager leading in the structuring of that fund. And for me, it was a challenging situation, one, working outside of my culture, but also working and creating a new entity and being sure to empower and also get feedback from all of the parties involved. Often these were individuals that didn't report directly to me, but were in the matrix of the broader organization that I worked in. And then there was also a number of individuals that I liaised with that didn't work in my organization at all. So I'd say broadly speaking, there were dozens of individuals that I worked with. The impact was large. This fund was expected to grow to 300, 350 million over the life of the fund. So we were structuring a vehicle that would be able to eventually take in large amounts of capital. So on many dimensions, this was a very challenging assignment uh, to work on. Wow. Thanks for giving us some context, Dia. Um, I think a lot of our listeners were used to hearing perspectives on organizational transformations where there's people process. All these things are changing. But I think this is a, a very equally complex effort in the sense of creating, for lack of a better word, in a corporate sense, in the corporate language, a new line of business, you know, kind of venturing mm-hmm. into a space that hasn't previously been explored or charted. Tell me a little bit, Dia, about kind of where this came from. What was the initiating idea? Like, what was the, the catalyst for this from your company or your organization to go into Sub-Sahara Africa? So the organization had been able to successfully structure and manage funds in different regions of the world. And so there was already somewhat of a blueprint for that region. But the idea was in order to build on our success and to grow, to take advantage of this opportunity to work in Africa and begin to expand and create more of a global image or brand for the company as a leader in development finance. And I pause there, but I I just want to highlight something Danielle, that I've seen is that I think your comments were very important because what I believe a lot of change or uh, the dynamic environment and business and development and even in the nonprofit space or sector is change related to creating something new, innovation, moving along the scale. And so I think what you'll see or at least my opinion is that some of the more successful ventures um, or opportunities, especially in the world of business, are not necessarily from changing, but from innovation. And you can see that a lot in the growth and the sharing space. So there's the idea of Uber, which is in some ways an innovation or something new built on a concept of taxis or mass transportation that was already there. 
So I, I just thought it'd be important to flag that, that within change, there's also the concept of creation. And I'm glad we're able to explore that today. Yeah, absolutely. This is like a really nice macro view, really, of this topic and conversation. So Dia, you know, describe or tell us about, as a leader, you're a very senior professional in your space, in your lane. Tell us what was the most challenging aspect of being like the face of charting this new territory within your organization, within your team? For me, it was very challenging to know, and this will sound a little bit weird, but to know what I don't know. And I would say that was one of the major lessons learned is you're never going to know everything that you don't know. But to be able to have that front of mind is really helpful in asking the right questions so that you're more prepared. So some of the things that I didn't consider as I was starting in the process, some of the most challenging aspects weren't necessarily the business as we understood it or the design as we understood it, but they were the things that were surprises. Uh, How would this structure or design work in this market if this particular economic or political situation happened? What do you do when you have these expectations around investors, but perhaps what they're looking for is a little bit different? How do you adjust and how do you actually manage the other investors that you're working with? So it was that, the ability to understand or think three steps ahead of what's going to be an important issue that may not be so apparent today, but will be apparent in the month to come or the weeks to come. And so that was very challenging to predict, especially when there's so many different parts, so many different organizations involved and uh, moving bodies. Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense because it's a little bit uncharted territory and you're having to think about all these uh, potential scenarios or situations that can impact what you're trying to do. Tell me about the team. I mean, how many people internally were you having to either partner with or who was under your direct leadership? What was that like to lead a group of people and you all are trying to, I'm assuming, kind of trying to figure this out together. What was the way in which people aligned with where you were going? Yeah, so there were, I would say internally, there were at any time, maybe from two when I initially started to by the end, 14 of us. So we had a combination of a team that was working on the creation of the fund in general. And then there were particular experts. There were experts on providing assistance to the companies that we would invest. There were experts that specifically focused on the modeling and structuring of the vehicle. There was also the senior level of management that I reported to that was focused on relationship management with the client. And then there was also the outreach to investors. So there were several technical experts internally There, uh, it also included myself and my team that were focused on the overall management of this new initiative. And then there were different parties that we liaised with. So I would say probably all together internally, 12 to 14, externally at any time, there could be from anywhere from 10 to 15 parties that we were 
engaged with. Wow. So there is that, yeah, that layer of having to keep everyone rowing in the same direction. Were there any instances, whether it was on your team internally or across partnerships where you encountered any type of resistance or pushback in terms of whether it was the vision or the approach? Of course, (laughs) because there are often... With each individual, and this was a great lesson learned for me, actually, it's made me a better, I would say, leader and uh, project manager and one that's able to initiate change, is that one, there are different goals um, for each individual involved. And you could really see that in the internal, external dynamic, but there's also very different perspectives. And it's very important to understand when to engage certain different perspectives and benefit from their knowledge or their differing point of view. But also equally important is understanding when is a good time to just make a decision and move on. Mm -hmm. And I think those are critical points when you're in the process of building, whether it's a fund, a project, a division that you have to know and that you have to have a sense of. And there, there are factors such as deadlines that, you know, push the process along. But there's also the softer side of that, which is the people factor and being able to understand how to engage and when to engage, ensure that people are motivated and involved versus when there is a chance to just say, this is the decision, let's move on and understand that everyone may not agree with the decision. And in the case of investors, every investor may not be able to participate. So some you'll have to manage that you'll manage the ones you're moving on with versus the ones that may walk away from the case. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, And we we laughed there when when I asked the question about resistance, because of course, anytime you are embarking on something new or changing, everyone's not ready to come along for many reasons. Mm -hmm. I feel like you mentioned how long this effort was, but if you could share that again, like the timeline. I would say it was just under a year. Just under a year. So that's still a good chunk of time for people to be focused on a particular effort. What did you do to keep people engaged or was that even a challenge for you? Like, was it, you know, where people maintain momentum and kind of recover quickly from setbacks if they occur? Like, what was your strategy or approach? So this project was my life, right? Because it was my full time focus. But it was not the same for everyone. You're exactly right. So one of the things that was very important to consider, at what point is it very important to get certain individuals feedback? And how do we time it so they don't feel that they, one, feel they're contributing, they're able to see results from their contributions, but they also don't see it as a large time suck that takes away from whatever they might be doing full-time, what their baby or their project is. So it was very important to schedule that out. And again, this gets back to thinking three, four steps ahead versus the next step and balancing that. Um, It was also very important to consider the different personalities involved and their level of commitment. For those that were truly engaged and one saw that the goals were very aligned to the project or saw the benefit. It was helpful to engage them more often, keep them uh, more included and in the loop. For others where it was not as important or there were specific areas of, uh, I guess, issue, it was more important to bring them in, 
and engage them at the right moment, but also to give them that break or that time away so that they didn't start to feel like this was taking up too much of their time. Yeah, that's a good um, perspective and thought on that. I find that a lot of the time we can be so very wrapped up. And I know there are leaders out there where, like you said, it's their job, it's their world, they're eating and sleeping, that particular effort, week in and week out, all of that. And it's very easy to um, lose sight that it's not the whole world for everyone who's touching the project. And to be able to, you know, find that balance to your point, to be able to make sure that people are still on their radar so they know when to plug in and just knowing, having that insight or perspective of what's the best way to make sure that people are still in the loop and they're still a part of it. So that's, I think that's an excellent point. And I have some strong beliefs on that as far as, or opinions on that as far as engaging others or broader teams. One of the things that I found through this project and other projects is that it's important that people are in the know. What I think creates a lot of anxiety around change is when people feel that they are kept in the dark or there's something that they don't understand or there's some interworking going on beyond what's being shared with them. So I think there's a balance of keeping people in the know and engaging when necessary. But I also think it's important for leaders that are looking at change to also provide that space, especially when these are large or major changes and they will have a significant impact on the operations of the business, the work of that individual. I think it's very important for leaders to provide individuals and contributors with space. And that is the space for acceptance and understanding of the change. So it's just, as you say, some of us are leaving, sleeping, eating, breathing that change, but we have to give others the information and allow them to process it when it's not directly. So Dia, how would you say that this experience has shaped your leadership story? Um, You've shared a little bit about Mm -hmm. some of the the things that you realize or learn. Is there anything else that you could say that, that shaped your leadership story? It made me a better listener. And Through this experience, one of the things that I learned is the importance of listening and really considering information that's shared, even uh, information that might not seem as vital or as critical to the project, in some ways could have some very um, important value. And I think what it taught me was to listen to individuals that often have a contrarian perspective. Because even if that perspective is off base or not ultimately how we decide to move forward, there are questions that come out of really delving into that perspective and listening to that person that actually help to benefit our project and other projects in the long run. So I think the important lesson for me was learning to really listen, understand, and use feedback to improve a project, regardless of whether that feedback is feedback that I take into consideration or feedback that I don't use. No, that's great. I'm sure our listeners uh, are probably jotting down those, those sentiments and reflect on them later. Now, maybe in the same vein here, but I'm going to ask, what advice would you give yourself now? if you were in the same situation? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. 
I think the advice I would give myself now is um, just just the first thing that came to mind would be to be less hesitant with the change and to jump in a hundred percent. I think sometimes one of the things that could come up is when you're creating something new or looking at a new structure or fun to really want to think about some of the questions or some of the risks or things of that nature, where I think that, as I mentioned, the process took almost a year. There were some things that I probably should have jumped in earlier, kind of made decisions and moved forward on that maybe would have ultimately changed, but we could have gotten to the finished result, gotten to our goal much earlier and still had the same quality of fund or quality of project. So I I think that's what I would do different. That's definitely another angle on when you are embarking on something brand new and as opposed to kind of having this burning platform of you have to change or there will be dire consequences if this doesn't happen. We don't change course Mm -hmm. and move in a new direction. This is a bit different when you're talking about there's an opportunity to pursue, but there's not a cliff that's there if we don't necessarily move forward. And so I could kind of see where there, for a different reason, variety of reasons, why you may be more apt to proceed um, a little more cautiously or move, you know, perhaps with a slightly a, a less sense of urgency. But in the end, like said, there probably was, was, would have been benefits had you maybe gone a little more full speed ahead, sounds like. Mm-hmm. Well, dear, this was a great conversation, and it, it's definitely um, a way for us to stretch our minds around leading and change and being, particularly being, leading in an innovation, uh, with an innovation mindset and breaking new ground um, in a particular space. Is there any final thoughts or ideas that you want to leave with our listeners today? I think I would just leave listeners with the idea of being willing and able to listen, to listen to the perspectives that are much different from your own and to really delve into what makes that perspective valid or what are the gems of knowledge that can be taken from that perspective, even if it's still one that you do not think makes sense for the project, but what can be taken from it that you could use for the improvement of the organization or the project? I think that would be most important or that would be what I'd like to leave with the listeners. 